Awesome. Well, again, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you guys are here. We are continuing our series that we're calling Grill Talk about how to to feed yourself. And I just want to pause and just thank the Lord for what he's been doing um, in our church. Last week was fantastic. It was incredible. Um, Last Sunday, God was really moving in the lives of our people um, here um, at our church. And just like we've talked about already, we've we've witnessed, uh, we've seen uh, people giving their lives to Jesus, some people being baptized. It's it's, it's awesome. Let me just tell you, as a pastor, you know what the the best... uh, looking baptist baptism water is is murky baptism water and it's kind of looking like that and the reason is because people get baptized in it right i mean that that's a good thing when the when the waters look like that and and i just wanted to, to stop for just a second and and just share just a little bit about how for me personally it has been a life-changing experience um uh, last sunday we had we we talked about about worship and, and giving our all in worship in, on Sunday morning, and it was just a really sweet time. And then that night, we, last Sunday night, we had our night of worship, and it was, it was a very moving experience. And we, we saw people uh, give their life to Jesus, be baptized, and then, and then we, were, we were getting ready to leave. And, and uh, the most amazing thing happened. Um, my daughter, Hannah, um, she gave her life to Jesus on last Sunday and uh, prayed. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, and let me just, let me kind of share with you um, how excited we are about that. Uh, I mean, Hannah's story might be like s- some of your, your story that, that when she was uh, five years old, she prayed a prayer and was baptized and, um, and she's been wrestling with that for a long time. And her faith has just grown to the point where she realized She's like, no, I need to do this. Uh, I need to do this right. Um, and I need to know that I know that I know. Um, and last uh, Sunday night, um, not any prompting by her parents or anything, she came down to the front on her knees and, and gave, her, gave her whole life to Jesus. And um, he saved her that night. And so we were, we were celebrating with her. And just like Noah was talking about with, with her, with a lot of people in their story, and there's that, that, uh, that church kid shame of, man, uh, everybody thinks I'm saved. And I'm not, and what are people going to think about me? And um, and uh, I just I was just like, man, Hannah, everybody's going to be ecstatic and so excited for for you. And and they were last last Sunday night. We were turning the lights off and we're like, stop, stop, we got come back. And so we're doing one more baptism. And so in fact, it was the sweetest thing. We there's about 40 people still here, and we all came up on the stage right here and got to witness Hannah's baptism, and it was. Uh, it was a privilege of my life um, to be able to do that and be a part of that. And so I'm just so proud of her and her testimony. And you've probably seen it all over Instagram and social media. Uh, it's been blowing up just uh, her witness um, for the Lord. And so I'm just so thankful for what God uh, has been doing in, in our church. And um, a lot of incredible things have happened up here on, on the stage. And it reminded me of another incredible experience. It wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't as good as last Sunday, but... Um, a couple of years ago, we had our, our Christmas Spectacular. You guys, you guys know our Christmas Spectacular, and we go, and we're, we have, this place is crazy, and we've got all sorts of Christmas stuff going on. We have this big uh, presentation up here, this big program, and at the very end, we always do like the drummer boy, drummer boy thing, and you know, the, we have these drummers out here, and, and they have their, their drums, and it's cool, and it's lighting up in the drums, and, and uh, uh, that, a couple of years ago, I was sitting right over in the front row, and 
And out come the, the teenagers that are doing the drumming. And uh, Gabe Wilson, is Gabe? Gabe's not there. So uh, Gabe comes out, and I look at his drums, and he's walking out, and one of the drum legs had fallen off. And it was, like, still back in the back. And he's, like, uh, he's fully committed. Like, there's no going back. Um, and so he comes out here, and he's only got two legs to this three-legged drum. And I'm, like, this is not going to work. I don't know. I didn't know how we're going to do it. And so I'm up here, and I'm, like, I, what do I I mean, I don't know what to do, so I just start crawling up uh, onto the stage, and I think we got a picture. I spent the whole rest of the song just sitting there as the third leg um, of his drum, uh, just like, please, Lord, like, people stop looking at me, like, don't look at me, and uh, like, the glitter's like falling all over me, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a cool moment to, to actually get through that, that uh, experience, but I was thinking about this, that there are three legs really, to feeding yourself spiritually. We've been talking about some of them. We talked about prayer and the importance of, of, of what, that, what that means to your personal relationship with God. The last two weeks, we've been talking about worship as like the second leg of, of uh, feeding yourself. But that, this third leg is something we need to talk about today. And without it, man, you're going to fall flat on your face. And this third leg is time spent with God in his word. Now, that may be a very general thing, like, oh, everybody that's in church, I get that, I understand that, we need to be in the Bible. But the question is, are we doing that for spiritual maturity, or are we just checking off a box? And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, we're going to start by going back to Hebrews chapter 5, which is kind of our main um, theme uh, passage for this series. And I'm going to share it with you up here on the screen, and I don't know if you realize it's getting smaller uh, every time we're, we're making it a little more simple, but here's what it says. The writer says, you're like babies who need milk. Like you shouldn't by this time in your life and your walk with God, you should not be still taking in milk. You should be taking in some solid food. He says, solid food is for those who are mature. And this word mature is what I want to focus on today. Everywhere this word is used in the Bible, it's not talking about physical maturity. It's talking about spiritual maturity. Now, I have st am still working on my, my spiritual maturity and my just regular maturity. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I remember growing up, uh, one of the, my favorite things to do was going to McDonald's um, when I was little. Like when I was little, you go to McDonald's. I'm not talking about the new design McDonald's that looks like a coffee shop. I'm talking about the old McDonald's with the arches and you got the, the metal playground out in the front, you know. And, and as a little kid, you go and you get your Happy Meal and it's got a toy in there and you're so excited about that. But that's what little kids do. Now let's think about this. What would it be like if you had a Happy Meal every day? What would it be like if, in fact, you had every single meal was just a, a Happy Meal? In fact, they've done some documentaries on it. There's a documentary called Super Size Me on, on the internet. You can go and watch it. There's a little bit of language to it, but it's really good because it, it describes this guy. He's like, okay, for the next uh, 30 days, I am just going to uh, eat McDonald's um, for every single meal. And it's called Super Size Me because he made a determination that if, if they, in the drive-thru or in, in, inside, if they asked him to, if they wanted to supersize, he had to say yes. And so, so for an entire month, that's all he had. And at the beginning, he was starting strong. But man, it went really bad for him. And the reason is, is because there's some nutrition to a Happy Meal, but it's not very healthy in the long run. It's not going to be something that's going to sustain you in the long run. You're not going to be running any races with that kind of nutrition in your body. You're going to get by, 
but you're not going to thrive. And I think that's similar to this all too common practice that a lot of us have, which is a shallow interaction with God's word. Anybody track with me with that? Having just this this surface level interaction with the Bible. And what I like to call that today is this idea of having spiritual happy meals, okay? Spiritual happy happy meals. Here's Here's what this is, okay? When you know a lot about God, but you fail to truly know him. When you know a lot about God, but you, you're not, you don't really know him very well. It's like, it's the difference between being a, a trivia champion about your, your favorite celebrity versus going to their house for Thanksgiving, right? And their number is on your favorites list on, on, on your cell phone. That's a different level of a relationship, right? And there are people in the Bible that, had that kind of shallow relationship as well. In fact, I want to take you to one of those, those people. And his name was Paul. Did you know that? There was a part of Paul's life where he had this shallow relationship with the Lord. And he describes it in Philippians chapter 3. I want to, I want to take you there. Here's what he says. He's going to give his list of all his credentials before he knew Jesus. He said this, I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I did not mess up. What Paul is saying is that before he was Paul, before he was saved, he was a different person. In fact, his name was different. His name was Saul. And he was, a, he was a master at knowing the scriptures. He knew right from wrong, like better than anybody. If you were having a Bible trivia competition, you would want Paul on your team. I mean, he knew everything about, about the word of God. But there is a big danger that I, I think is really important for us to get. There's a danger for us to being like Saul, this is previous version of Paul. It's, it's the danger for many Christians of knowing the Bible more than the author. Isn't that true? Sometimes we, we don't really know the author very well, but man, we sure do know a lot of uh, Bible trivia. And I want to look at Paul's past again. Like He describes it. He says some things. He says that I was a I was a pure-blooded citizen. I was a member of the tribe. What he's talking about, he's saying that his identity is not in a relationship with God. His identity is in a group. And I think as Christians, we can be the same way. That we're like, you know what, I'm, I'm a, I go to church, I'm a member of this church. And we think that that is the, the definition of having a deep abiding relationship with God. But it is not. And that's what, was Paul, that's what the problem was with Paul in his earlier life. But also he goes on and says that he had this strict obedience to the law. And what he was saying here is that he found his worth not in a deep abiding relationship with Jesus, but rather in following rules. Okay, so it was his identity, his worth was found in in his deeds and his beliefs. And he was just walking around like he knew everything. And he thought that that was what made him have a deep relationship with God. And I think this is what happens when a follower of Jesus fails to mature. Like, all you're doing is spending your time eating Happy Meals. You have Happy Meal time with the scriptures. 
And what that does is it produces immaturity. It doesn't produce a devoted follower of Jesus. You know what that produces? It produces a Pharisee. It produces someone like Paul before he knew Jesus. You know what Jesus said about Pharisees? He said, woe to you. It's kind of scary to think about. You see, there is a better way to spend time with God in his word. There's a better way that, that produces spiritual maturity. And in fact, I want to take you to this place. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going we're gonna to land here the rest of our time today and look at how we can actually have a deeper abiding relationship with God. Look, at, look what it says. Jeremiah says, he says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long uh, months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You see, Happy Mill spirituality is not going to produce that kind of nourishment. You know what will? A spiritual filet mignon, right? Like if you had a filet and a Happy Meal on the table, like which one are you going to pick? In fact, that's what we need. We need to have not spiritual Happy Meals. We need to have some spiritual fine dining going on in our lives. This past summer, Holly and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. So we said, let's go celebrate. So we went to, in down, into Tulsa, we went to Mahogany um, Steakhouse. Anybody ever been there? That place is fantastic. It was awesome. And we got all dressed up. We, we got reservations. Uh, we go there and they put us in this, this big round booth. And it was it was really tall, like backed. It was, it was amazing. And they, they had like the, the, our names on the table. And we had about six waiters taking care of us. It was awesome. I could get used to that, okay, until I got the bill. But anyways, um, so we ate some steaks that were way out of our price range. But we did it because we were celebrating. And I'm just telling you, I ate this steak. It was the best steak of my life. And I lost it, guys. Like I, I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't stop, like, talking about how amazing this, this steak was. It was an emotional experience, okay? I'm eating this steak. It really was. In fact, I didn't realize, but I was being really loud. And this, this booth was like a megaphone to the rest of the restaurant. I was, I was like, shut up, you know, like, be quiet. And uh, I, I just, I couldn't help myself because it was so good. I've never had a chicken McNugget that has affected me like that, Okay. <laughs> I haven't. What is the Bible teaching us here? Look back at Jeremiah 17. We're going to just kind of break it apart here today. It says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Do you know people like that? Can you think of people who that's the definition of their life, that it's not based off of their good deeds or wants or um, even their attendance at church or anything like that. They're not faking it. They have this deep abiding relationship and they've, they've made God their hope and put all of their confidence in, in him. You know people like that. In fact, I think what we need to do is we need to find heroes who are like that and we need to imitate them in our lives. In fact, there's some biblical examples of that. You got, you got people like Moses. I mean, think about Moses and all the amazing things that he did. But, but before he was a leader, he was led in the wilderness by God for many, many years, growing 
and abiding in a relationship with God. I think about people like David. And before David was king, he spent time with the king of kings. And it changed him. I think about people like Paul when he came to faith in Christ. And before he was known as this incredible missionary, maybe the greatest missionary who has ever lived, before he was known as that, he knew God. And he spent time with Jesus, getting to know him. And here's what Paul actually says about this relationship. He says this, you know what? You should imitate me just as I'm imitating Christ. We should find people in our lives that are already doing this and say, you know what? I want to be like them. You see, these guys, they were really busy. Those examples in the Bible, they, they had a lot going on on their plate. And they made one thing their top priority. And that was quality time spent with God. And what that did is it made them into heroes. They weren't heroes before that. But after they had spent a considerable amount of time in a relationship with, with God, all of a sudden, God gave them the ability to be a hero. Now let's look back at, again, at Jeremiah 17. Let's look, go to verse 8, and we'll break it up into three different pieces. But here's what it says. It says those kind of people, okay, the heroes of the faith, the people we want to be like, the people, heroes in your life, that you're like, man, I want my life to be like them. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Now, you got to understand, this, this passage is in a culture that's in the desert. And so that changes things. We look out here and we see all sorts of trees everywhere. But back then, there weren't very many trees at all. And so anytime you saw a tree, you knew that there was, there was water close by. You're not going to see this big, beautiful tree out in the middle of a desert. There, there's nothing around it. It's going to be close to something. And that closeness is going to produce deep roots. James 4.8 says this that we are to draw near to God. And there's this beautiful thing that happens that it's not us chasing after God our entire lives and he moves and shifts and like he's playing hide and go seek, right? He says when we draw near to God, he's gonna draw near to us. And what happens is that produces deep roots. What we need to do is we need to draw near and to drink. Think about an oasis in the desert. You see these, these plants and these trees, and they are all surrounded by what will sustain them and nourish them, and it's that water. we got to draw near and we got to drink from the Lord. And when we spend personal quality time with God, that's what happens. And this, this phrase, the draw near, we see it in James, it's what the, the priests would do in the Old Testament. I don't know if you knew this, but James is actually talking about, he's alluding to what's going on in the, in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God's presence was in the Holy of Holies, which is multiple layers um, within, the, within the temple. And to get to that place, to get to God's presence, took a lot of preparation. I mean, these priests... For one, they had to, to cleanse themselves. They had to take these, these ritual baths. They had to put on these ceremonial clothes the Old Testament describes. Um, they, had to, they had to go and sacrifice these animals on, in the outer courts to try to cover over their sins. And then they had to get their hearts right with God. And even with all of that, they would, with fear, go through that, that, that veil with a rope tied to their back because they, if they had died, no one else was going in there with, for, for them so they could drag them out. There was this incredible preparation to be able to draw near to God. 
Here's the beauty today. Jesus allows us to do that wherever we are. Provides us the opportunity. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to the the temple, which isn't even there anymore. We don't have to do those things. We have the Holy Spirit. If we're believers in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, the temple of God, living inside of us. And we have this opportunity, wherever we are, to meet with him, to draw near to him. And he says, the Bible says that God will draw near to us. And when we do that, we build deep roots. And those deep roots are needed. I want you to think about here in Oklahoma. We've got some wind here, right? Every once in a while when we have a tornado or like strong straight line winds, you look up and you see some trees. And those trees, man, they are battling, you know? You're like, man, how are they even staying upright? And those, they're, the, all the leaves are going everywhere and the limbs and it's shaking and and every once in a while, you'll drive down the street and you'll see a big tree that looks like it's mature falling over on the ground. And when you see that root ball just sticking up, you know what I've noticed about all of those is that that tree is 80 feet tall and that root ball is like three feet deep. It's shallow roots. And the reason you and I need, this, need deep roots in our lives is because there's going to be moments where life is going to hit you. And it's going to be tough. You're going to need those roots so you don't get blown over. Look what verse 8 goes on and describes. It says, such trees are not, the ones that have deep roots, they're not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. So in that culture, that's what would kill a a tree. Long months of, of drought. They're not worried about the heat or the drought because they have those deep roots. There's going to be drought and there's going to be strong winds in your life. There's going to be hardships where you're going to need a deep abiding relationship with the Lord to carry you through. When you lose your job and you can't find another job and your entire family is, is counting on you, what do you do? What do you turn to? How do you get through that? When your marriage feels like it's falling apart, like what is the hope? Where is, where is that strong foundation that gets you through each and every day? When you get that phone call from your mom and she says, says I have cancer, how do you deal with that? Do you, do you turn from God and say, where were you? I don't believe in you. Or, or are you on your knees saying, I trust you. I trust you because I have walked for a long time with you. And I've spent quality time with you. And those roots are deep. And so when that wind is blowing and it looks like I'm going to fall over, my roots are deep. My roots are deep. Spending time with God prepares us for those difficult moments. You know what? It also prepares us for ministry and the great moments that we can't do on our own. In fact, the greatest example of this is Jesus. Look, if Jesus spent time with God before his big moments in ministry, maybe we should too, you know? And every time Jesus had a big, big thing going on in his ministry, usually you would see him and it would, the Bible would describe him going off and spending time in prayer, spending time with the Father. Maybe we should do the same thing when we have some big opportunities in front of us. And there is a product that happens when we do all those things. And the end of verse 8 describes it. Look what, look what it says. It says, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Anybody got any green trees at your house right now? No? 
you got an evergreen tree maybe, right? But, but most, most of us, are, are the trees, they're, they're, they're not green anymore. I love that. He says that their leaves, they stay green all the time, and they never stop producing fruit. You see, there's a benefit to a deep abiding relationship with God. You know what it is? It's fruit. And this is a great thing to remember, that real fruit is the reward. For all of this, real fruit is the reward. Because the truth is, you're going to produce fruit. You're going to either produce good fruit or you're going to produce bad fruit. You can't help but produce fruit. But time spent with God actually produces good fruit. You know what good fruit is? Good fruit is like fruits of the Spirit or Christ-likeness that allows you to be a witness in this world. That keeps your marriage afloat. That teaches your kids how to live for the Lord. That allows you to be a witness at work. And Jesus gives us the way for that to happen. In John chapter 15, Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine, okay? He's the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, they'll produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. In Romans chapter 11, there's this, there's this crazy chapter. I mean, read Romans 11. And it's talking about the difference between the Gentiles and the Jews. And it says this. Paul says this. He says that, Hey, um, you Gentiles, you know what's happened to you when you've trusted in Jesus? You have been, he says, grafted in to God's family. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about he is the vine, you are the branch. And when you've been grafted into the vine, you will produce much fruit. In fact, I want to show you a picture of what that actually looks like. You know, you can actually literally do this. So you get a, you get a vine and then you have the branch. And if you cut them and put them together and bound them together, what will happen is that branch will become a part of that, that plant. And it doesn't matter what the species are. In fact, you can have all sorts of different um, species attached to one vine. And that one vine is, has these deep roots. And you've got to have some good, strong, deep roots to be able to supply for all these branches. But you can actually go and do that today. And that's exactly what the Bible is talking about. That, that when you trust in Jesus and you spend time in him, you're abiding with him and in him. He is the vine and you are the branches. And when we are grafted in, the Bible says we will produce fruit. In fact, the Bible says you can't produce fruit without it. You have to have them. I think one of the problems for a lot of churches is that we find ourselves as just a bundle of branches over here. And we think that if we just stick together and we work hard enough and do things together, that we can build something. The truth is, we'll just build something that's dead. But when we individually, when we all are grafted into the vine and we're spending time, quality time, I'm not talking about church time. This doesn't count, by the way, guys. This is bonus stuff, okay? This doesn't count. Spending quality time with God. What happens is, is that we as a group of believers, we become this thing, it's a living organism, and you know what living things do? They grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy churches grow. Healthy families grow. And when you have a healthy relationship with Jesus, you're going to grow. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you actually spend time 
with God as a way of life. Let me give you just four quick ways that that can happen. These are not profound, but man, they are important. The first one is this. All you got to do is get focused. That is the first step to spending quality time with God. You got to get focused. Here's what I mean. You got to make it a priority in your life. You got to carve out time for God. Otherwise, everything else is going to take your time. You guys know what I'm talking about. For some of us, we're planners. We got we to we be able to, to get and carve out specific time where we're, otherwise we're not going to do it. I mean, some of us need to, to pray and to say, God, I need, as I go to bed tonight, I need you, God, to, to make tomorrow when I wake up, my first thought is spending time with you. Some of us need to take our Bibles and we need to put them in certain places, okay, where we know that we can't, we can't ignore this thing. And we will see it first thing in the morning and say, you know what, God, I, I talked to you about it last night. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend time with you. Maybe that's in the evening. Whatever it is, you've you got, you got to get focused and say, this is what I'm going to do. Second thing we got to do is, is, is actually get a plan. I'm not talking about a plan to, to just get into God's word, but actually how am I going to do that? What's that going to look like? There are so many tools. We're so blessed today. There are, there are thousands of tools to be able to get into God's word. Some of you guys have so many devotion books um, all over the place, and I think those things are really good. But we have to be really careful not just to, to read books about the word. We need to read the word. You know what I'm saying? Now, I think we can do both because they can help us. We need to get some studies. We need to get some devotional material. We need to get some reading guides. There's tons of apps to be able to do that. And we need to begin to walk through the Bible. You got the Old Testament uh, studies. You can go through the New Testament. You can go through different uh, gospels. You can go through things in order. You can go through chronologically, actually, um, how it happened. And there are so many different ways you can do that. And we have to get a plan sometimes because it's an accountability for us. And here's the third thing. You've got to get into a conversation. I think this is maybe the biggest one. The most important one. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about a conversation with each other or be a crazy person and have a conversation with yourselves. I'm talking about having a conversation with the Lord. I think a lot of times we read scripture and it just feels kind of dead because we read it and we're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. But you know what? I did it. Check it off my list. Now I'll go about my day. Thank you, Lord. One of the best ways to build deep roots is to actually have a conversation with God while you spend time with him in his word. Here's how you do it. You pray the scriptures. If you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to say, just pray those to the Lord. Here's an example. Let me go to like, let's say Matthew chapter 9. Jesus is teaching and he says this, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. You read that? You can just read that and be like, oh, that sounds great, God. Later. Or you can say, God, what does this mean? So there is a harvest, people to be saved. You're trying to do a work, God. And I'm supposed to pray to you who is in charge of the harvest to send workers, God. So I'm going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. God, do you send more people to share their faith and be bold in their faith? And God, you know what? Personally, between you and me, I'm really not being very bold and brave in my, in my faith either. So help me. Speak to me. And as you speak, sometimes we just need to be quiet too. Say, God, that's what a conversation's about. It's, it's back and forth. God, what are you teaching me? You know how God speaks to us? He either speaks into our, into our, our soul, 
personally, or he speaks to us through this. For some of us, God is silent in our lives because we never open this up. When you open this up, he will speak back to you. Which brings me to the fourth point, which is to, to get active. You finally got to get active. Like The question is, what response does my time with God require for me? When I read this, I'm supposed to obey what it says and not just close it and go on my way. I'm supposed to obey actually what it says. And you know what? This is where it goes from being a personal thing to where we need some accountability. We're in this together. You got to tell somebody, talk to someone, have some people in your lives, your life where you can say, you know what? This is what God is doing in my life right now. This is what he's speaking into me. I'm not sure how this works, but I believe God is telling me that I need to act this out. I need to do this thing. I need some help to do that. We have to to finally get active and do that together. Look, here's the truth. You have been given. We have been given a gift. And this gift is incredible. And it is God's word. Did you know that throughout a lot of of church history, through Christian history, the last 2,000 years, most people didn't have the Bible. They had to listen to a priest on Sunday read in a different language than they knew the scriptures and tell them what it meant. Can you all imagine if I just got up here and, and just spoke in Latin? I just read in Latin and said, all right, guys, here's what the Bible says. You know, that's dangerous. That's just straight up dangerous. We have the scriptures today. Look, we are the most blessed people in the history of civilization. If you go to the Bible app, okay, I'm going to go to, I got to, Update it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have to update it. All right. Bible app. There are 3,116 versions in different languages, thousands of languages on the Bible app. On your phone, in your pocket, in your purse. Did you know that for you? Because you're like, I don't read all those. I can't speak all those languages. There are 73 different English versions on the Bible app right there for you. There is no excuse anymore to not be in this word. We've been given this gift. Is your time with God a happy meal? Or is it fine dining? Are you getting it to go and and getting in your car and, and trying to eat while you're going down the road? Or are you stopping and spending a meal with the chef? That's the difference. If you don't know... Here's a couple questions to help you figure this out. If you don't know if you're spending deep quality time with God or not, here's some questions. Number one, if you don't spend any time in the Bible for the next week, would you even miss it? Like if you went an entire week without spending time in the Bible, would you be like, eh, no big deal. If, If you're not missing it, because you haven't been in it. Here's another question. How many scriptures have you hidden in your heart? Is, is it just the basics still? Is it still VBS scriptures that you learned when you were eight? Or have you been spending time with the Lord? Or you've hidden his word in your heart? Here's a third question. Are your daily decisions impacted by time spent with God? Or... Do you daily decide to ignore him? Is your, is your, your, your daily decisions, how you interact with people, how you treat people, when you're going to work, when you're at the grocery store, when you're on your team, when you're in class, 
When you're with your family in the evening, do your daily decisions, are, are they impacted by that time that you've spent with God? Or every day, are you making a decision to ignore him? Look, if you want to grow, if you want to mature, and I'm speaking to myself as well, we have to learn to feed ourselves. Sunday does not count. This does not count. This should be the cherry on the top of your time this week, spending time with him. Look, we we need to take out some spiritual forks and spiritual knives, and we need to dig in. If you want to really know how to feed yourself, you've got to have that. Will you do that this week? Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for teaching us, God. I pray for anyone in this room who has never known Jesus like a, like a branch knows a vine. I pray that today might be the day of their salvation, God, that they would trust in you. They would repent of their sins. They would turn to you, God. And then they would go and tell somebody. But Lord, for a lot of us, I, I just want to, on behalf of everybody, I just want to confess that there are times where our roots are really shallow. And we're just one storm away from blowing over. We've been trying to get by on our own. We've been trying to fake it. We come to church and just tell everybody that we're having a great day and everything's good in our lives, but our Bible is collecting dust. Our Bible app needs to be re-updated because we hadn't used it in so long. God, may this week, may you convict us to spend time with you. Feed us so that we can produce good fruit so that other people may see you in our lives and be changed. God, you are so worth it. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Central, we're so glad that you joined us today for Central Online. It's been a great time of worshiping our Savior together as a Central family. Maybe today God has has been speaking to you about trusting Him with your whole life and even taking that first step in following Him. Well, we'd love to get to connect with you. You can text the word FORGIVEN to 94000, and that will get you in touch with our ministry team. And if you just need prayer about something specific, we'd love to be able to come alongside you and pray. So just send an email to prayer at cbcowasso.org. Well, if this message is spoken to you today, why not take a second and share this with a friend or family member that might need to hear it? It's an exciting time to be part of Central as we do our best to live for Christ, to love people, and to make disciples. We'll see you next week.